Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. this is one of my favorite times of year. Uh, This is what I call our Vision Sunday. This is when um, I share my heart for the year and we also go through all of the uh, business report and the financial report for Bethel Church. And so if this is your first Sunday at Bethel, uh, you're about to hear everything. So if you're wondering how we pay for everything, how we do that, you're about to find out. Um, You're wondering if we have money or if we're broke, you're going to find out. Um, and if you are a regular attender and you've been here before for this, you know you're going to hear everything. If you've been attending for a while, um, but you haven't experienced something like this, I try to make a business meeting a little more exciting than what you may have experienced before. And so our business meeting is technically tonight um, at 5.30. So if you're a member of Bethel, please be here at 5.30. We're going to be uh, going through the business uh, part of this. But if you attend Bethel and you're like, well, I just kind of like to be there to hear about it, come on out, join us. Um, it's been in the bulletin for a while. We're asking you to bring uh, snacks, some dessert to share, and we're going to have a time afterwards, just a fellowship. But then we're also going to have a time of worship and prayer tonight for 2020. And we're just going to pray uh, for God to move in mighty ways, for him to expand the impact on our community and uh, bless us even more so we can do greater things for him. And we're also going to start off with just some praise and thanking him because you're about to find out how amazing he has been um, blessing us as a church. And so um, I'm going to do things a little bit in reverse this year. Most times, if you've been here before, I share my heart, I share the vision, then we go through all the numbers. And I think when you walk out the door, you remember all the numbers, but you forget the vision. And so therefore, we're going to flip it. We're going to go through all the numbers, and then I'm going to share the vision, and hopefully you walk out probably remembering some of the numbers, but grabbing the vision. Cool? If you don't like it, we're still going to go that way. So um, so here we go. Um, I don't like, there's parts when you get this, you're like, where do you start? Because we've had such a great year. But here's where I want to start. I want to start by um, showing appreciation. So if you are in the room and you volunteer at Bethel Church in any capacity, I want you to stand. And by the way, if you're sitting, this isn't the center yoke, I promise, I apologize. I thought of that in the first service, but it's more or less for you to look around for a moment and see all the people that are standing. And all the people that are standing, I want you to hear my heart, and I think everybody sitting will agree with me. We want to say thank you, because I can truly tell you, I don't get to do what I do without all of you. Um, With all of you serving and helping at Bethel Church, it allows me to do the role that I need to do. It allows other staff to do the roles they need to do. And so I just want to say thank you. So can we give them a hand and can you give yourself a hand? And so you may be seated. Thank you. Some of you may be standing up again in a few minutes as we go. I didn't realize it's a little bit of a popcorn time, and so you'll be standing, you'll be sitting, you'll be standing, you'll be sitting. Um, but one of the things Melissa and I kind of came to the conclusion of as we were planning and preparing for this weekend, um, we are now uh, here for six years, and we're going into our seventh year, and it's been a lot of fun, and we're excited. Thank you. Um, but here, here is something that I want to applaud, and I want to ask So if you have been attending Bethel longer than six years, so you were attending Bethel like before we got here, stuff like that, would you stand? And so just like the other service, I want to read to you what I've written down because I don't want to miss something. And so for all of you sitting, um, I need you to look around. Because... Everything we get and everything we get to do is because of these people's faithfulness. I'm not disregarding what you've done in the last six years, but I want you to know the building we're in was here before six years ago. And everything that we have, I want to thank all of you standing both for your financial support and I know your prayer support and also for many of you, your sweat, your tears, your hard work that has allowed us to do what we get to do. 
And here's the part that I want to celebrate with you. All of you that are standing, I'm just going to give credit to all of you, that you have been praying to see God move in a mighty way. You have been praying to see the presence of God flow. You've been praying for uh, young families. You've been praying for growth. Some of you have been praying for grandkids to come into the building, and they're here. You've been praying for children to come back, and they're here. And I just want to applaud you for that. I want to say thank you. You've been praying to see the Spirit of God moving the way he's moving, to see salvations happen, to see people coming into relationship with the Lord, to see baptisms. And I want you to know your prayers have been and are being answered. Lives are being transformed. And I also want to give credit to some in the room this. I understand and respect the fact that it may look different than what you envisioned, but the fruit that you prayed for is happening in the name of Jesus. So for all of us sitting, can we thank every one of these people? And you may be, th you may be seated, thank you. And so we just wanna celebrate and recognize, like Melissa and I have, and we've just been thinking over the last little while and, and we scrolled through some pictures and stuff like that and, and we understand that the church has changed a lot, both uh, physically, the building, we've, we've done a lot of painting and we've done a lot of building walls and, and knocking down walls. Uh, we kind of like that thing. Um, and so we kind of do those things and we've changed a lot of the way the church looks, but the fruit that God has been doing has just been so faithful and so faithful. And so what has God been up to? Well, our small groups have grown. We now have uh, seven small groups happening. And so if you want to look for a great way to plug in, you need to join a small group. If you're not sure how to do that, go to our webpage. If you're like, well, I don't have a computer, there's actually a computer at the very back right now. And it's there all the time. And it's actually at this very second on the small group page. I promise I didn't set that up on purpose. But if you needed to register for a small group, you can actually do it right there. And if you're like, I'm going to do that later, hoping not to forget. Honestly, just go do it now. I'm not going to be offended. I would just walk back and sign up. In this past year, we've gone through 40 days of prayer. We went through a series where the small group leaders got to choose and pick, and so you got to pick different ones. And then in the fall, we went through the weird series. And um, I thought just for the church and for myself, it was such a great series. Um, it taught some of us and most of us that we need to be a little bit weird. Not the awkward weird, but the good godly weird. And so it helped us as a church, I believe, grow. The average attendance in our small groups in 2019 was about 63 people. And so that does not include um, some of our ministry groups. So we have a ladies small group, that uh, women's ministry group that meets on Wednesday mornings. At the church, we have a men's prayer meeting group that meets on Friday mornings here at the church. So that doesn't include them. And as we continue to grow, plug yourself in. If you're new to Bethel, even if you've been to Bethel for a long time, and you're thinking, well, it just, you know, the church is growing. I feel a little disconnected. This is the best way. Plug into a small group, become part of a community, and minister to one another. Um, also, we started Alpha back in September. We had an average of about 35 people attending Alpha, and it was a great success the first time around. If you are interested in Alpha, we will be doing it again this September, and so just keep an eye out online. And if you've never done Alpha, even if you've been in church for a long time, I encourage you to take Alpha. It's going to help you to know um, how to even share the gospel with unbelievers. I, if you are in the room and you are a small group leader, could I just get you to stand I know we had a few in the first, but I think there's still a couple here. Or, like, can you at least stand? I know you're a small group leader. Anybody else? No? So if you want to join a small group, just join Pastor Charles's. <laughs> His address is, no, I'm just joking. Um, uh, but there's all the list is back there, and they're signing up, and it's great. So join a small group. It's a great way to get plugged in. There is even a small group here at the church on Thursday nights while our kids program is going on. So if you have little kids and you're like, want to join a small group, but just don't want to split the family up. I don't want to do that. Come Thursday night, it works out great. Um, so what else is going on? 50 plus group. If the 50 plus group, they have been, uh, they meet the first Tuesday of every month and they raised over a thousand, they raised nearly a thousand dollars for Samaritan Purse 
to help with wells in um, other countries and providing water to communities. They also did a special trip to Castle Kilbride, and it was just a great social time, great time to get out and hang out and have some fun. Not only did they raise nearly $1,000 for wells, they also donated three sewing machines for the Dominican Republic uh, mission center that we help at and minister. The missions team just got back from. They donated three sewing machines for that. And so if you're part of 50 plus, thank you. You're doing amazing. Can we just give them a hand? I'm riveting. Somebody's moving to the front row. They want to get closer. Um, we also have an outreach of Community Meals. Community Meals is the third Friday of every month, and it's done at Knox Presbyterian Church. And if you're looking for a great way to reach out to the community, help out, do some stuff, you want to reach out to Rena, or if you're not sure how to do that, just connect the, uh, contact the office. We will get you in contact with her. It's a great way. We provide a meal the third Friday of every month. And if you're kind of sitting like, Chad, I just don't have Friday nights. Friday nights are not available they also do um, set up Friday afternoon. So if you, maybe you're available during the day, you just can't do evenings, they will uh, get you plugged in. You'll be able to volunteer. And it's, I think they have enough teams that it's not necessarily every month. And so just plug in. Be a part of it. One of the other things we do is Pastor Charles leads a hymn sing on the first Sunday night of every month. Now, he's not doing one next Sunday night because we have an encounter service here at the church. And so we want you to come here. And so if you want to be a part of the hymn sing, and go and minister at Spruce Lodge. Just talk to Pastor Charles, and he will give you the details and information, and it's a great time to just minister uh, together over at Spruce Lodge. Uh, Bethel Kids. Bethel Kids is incredibly continuing to grow. On the, Every Sunday morning, we're averaging between 60 to 70 kids. And um, if you haven't noticed, the crowd in the corner back here is just getting larger and fuller, and it's amazing. All you have to do is go to a church, and I'm not picking, I'm just letting you know the special part of this. Um, all you have to do is go to a church where they don't have kids. And you will appreciate um, getting cut off in the lobby and almost falling and um, spilling your coffee. And that's just my kid. And, um, <laughs> but there's lots of times where you will appreciate the busyness and the noise of it because it's way better than the quiet and the stillness. And so um, we are blessed to continually see young families come and young kids growing up in our church. And here's the neat thing, because I know none of, like unless you volunteer up there, you don't know, because most of you don't go to service up there, um, which you're probably not allowed up the hallway. So um, by the way, that's some reasons why people love coming to our church is because of our policies and how we deal with safety for our children. And so if it frustrates you, I want you to know it's a blessing. The other side of it is when they're up the hall, they're learning to pray for one another. They're learning not only does God speak to adults, but they're learning that there's no junior Holy Spirit, that there's one Holy Spirit and he speaks to children. And so I encourage other people, and I'll encourage you, sometimes if you need a physical healing in your body and you just had a lot of people praying, nothing's shifting, nothing's moving, ask a six-year-old because they have full faith. They haven't been in the church long enough not to. And I mean that respectfully, but a lot of us, we believe, but there's still a little bit of unbelief in the back of our minds because of experience. We're a little kid, let's be honest, the side of the pool, jump. They're jumping. I ask one of you guys to jump. You're not jumping. <laughs> Some of you may be rightfully so. I'll get out of the way. But no, we have this, like, Honestly, if you need a miracle in your life, get a kid to pray for you. It's amazing to see their level of faith, and they just believe it. Bethel Kids on Thursday nights is averaging around 30 to 50 students, and uh, Bridge 5-6 averages 15 to 20 students. Um, all of our programs on Thursday night are growing. We actually had to move Bridge 5-6 from the original classroom. We put them into a different classroom because of their size. And here's the thing. When we came in 2013, this facility is unbelievable. This facility is massive. We have tons of classrooms. We have tons of room. And I remember Melissa and I going, <clears throat> this, this place is incredible. We'll never run out of space. On Thursday night, we're running out of space. And so 
as we continue to grow, as we continue to move forward, who knows, you might see a portable outside somewhere. You might even see us talking about putting another level on the kids' wing. We don't know, but as we continue to grow, these are incredible, amazing things to talk about. Always the difficulties we want to talk about. How do we fit everybody? Those are the issues that we love to have. Amen? Our day camps, here's the thing. We all understand right now in Ontario, and we don't, we're not going to talk details about it, but with the strike, uh, with the teacher strike and everything going on, it's making it very complicated for families. And as a church, God is beginning to use what I would call a messy situation. It just kind of stinks on all sides that he's beginning to use it for his glory in a sense of we've been running day camps on the strike days. And I think if Pastor Ashley was here, she would confess that we've had a lot more than she anticipated as she started this. Um, But what's happening is we are growing in our day camps and our day camps are averaging 25 to 30 kids per day right now. And what's happening is we have had 20 new salvations through kids. We have had new families beginning to attend Bethel Church uh, on, uh, or sorry, Bethel Kids on Thursday night. Yeah. And even some have started coming Sunday morning. And so it's just, it's amazing how, you know how scripture says God will work all things out for good for those who love him? He means that. Okay, so he's taken a messy situation and he's touching people's lives through it. On a neat side note, um, the cost for day camp is $30 per child and we provide a pizza lunch for them. And we order all of our pizza from Domino's. It's not a plug, it's just a fact. And also, um, one of the gentlemen in our church, he leads a little outreach to our high school and what we do is we send pizza once a month and we send it once or twice a month to different clubs. So whether it's a sport team or a club that meets and we give them lunch. And we order all of that through Domino's. Chad, why are you talking about Domino's? Well, most of the text messages that I send to the manager, it's not really healthy for me, but I have the manager's text number. And so I can get pizza as fast as I want. But um, most text messages start from me going out. All of a sudden, I got a text message coming towards me. And it asked this question, Chad, do you do weddings outside of your church? And I said, yeah, like, depending on the date I'm filling up, like, what's the date and whose wedding is it? And she responded, oh, I forgot to say, sorry, it's my wedding, here's the date. And so because of connections and outreach and stuff like this, I get to perform her wedding. And so you just don't know what God is doing. So all the little things that you were doing, all the things you're doing at work, if you're buying somebody a coffee and you think it's pointless, if you're doing different little things and you're just like, I don't know, I think I'm just supposed to. If you keep going to the same restaurant, you're like, I don't know why we keep going to the same place, but we keep going. Like, we should really stretch ourselves. Maybe God doesn't want you to stretch yourself. Because in his faithfulness, I get to do her wedding, and I'm doing a wedding for a waitress at Krabby's because we go there. And so it's just neat how God continues just to drop breadcrumbs. So I just want to encourage you, if you're being faithful, going somewhere, and you just feel like, I don't know if God's doing anything, just be faithful. He continues just to move and do incredible things. Student ministries. Student ministries, discipleship has grown uh, to eight people. And as much, sometimes I think people, when they hear discipleship and they hear eight, they're like, well, it should be bigger than that. The requirements to be part of discipleship are very demanding because here's the thing. If you read scripture, Christian is only used a few times. And it's mostly, do you realize the first time they called anybody a Christian, it was an insult in the Bible. It wasn't actually like those guys are Christians. They're amazing. It was more like, oh yeah, those people over there, they're Christians. And so what Jesus defined was disciples. And this is why many of us in the room, we might call ourselves Christians, but are we actually disciples of Christ? Those are two different things. And this is what we want to push you and encourage you to grow in your relationship with God. Because here's the thing that you'll see on the wall, and it's true. If you want to know if you're a disciple, here's just a fine line, easy way to figure it out. Disciples make disciples. That's how you know. If you're discipling somebody, and what do I mean by that? Intentionally spending time with them and pouring into them, that's disciple making. So there's eight of them in that. They took 44 students to overflow this past year. Overflow is youth convention. I want to say thank you to all of you because you make Pastor Carlo's job so easy when it comes to fundraising for overflow. Um, He doesn't have to do anything. He just asks you for money. He gives the kids coffee cups, and you fill them with a whole pile of money, and he's done. That's amazing. It's so good for you. Thank you. Um, 
Activate, which is a youth camp they took 26 kids to, and Activate um, is down at Brayside Camp. It's an incredible time. Momentum, which is junior high convention, they took 20 students to. If you don't remember what Momentum was, that was the clip he showed where they made a kid pick his nose and eat it. Um, that was, that's that place. And so it was nothing they don't do in private. They just made them do it publicly. And so this is 20 kids went to Momentum, which is incredible. He does a fall retreat every year, and they took 25 students from Bethel, and total of 61. There's three other churches, or there's three churches involved, and Pastor Carlo leads all of that. And so that is continuing to grow. He let me know that just in the fall, just between uh, September and December, they had 23 first-time visitors to youth ministry. And so it's continuing to grow and to touch lives. Um, I was actually with some people last night, Pastor Carlo, and they were just bragging about how great of a job you do. So thank you for all that you do. This past summer, we had nine uh, summer students through the uh, summer grant program. And because we had the nine students, we were able to do two weeks of hoop camp, and we were able to launch Discovery Camp, which is a day camp here at the church. And so we have applied again for the grants, and so we're hoping to hire some students. And so if you're in the room and you're a student looking for a job, apply to Pastor Carlo, and he will help uh, look after that kind of stuff. And we hopefully will have even more positions for people this summer and even more camps. Heavenly Hoops is one of our basketball program, and last year in 2019, they had 130 students here at the, uh, running and being part of Hoops. This year, they're already at 150, and they have a waiting list, and I asked in the first service if it was because of coaches and stuff like that, and they said, actually, no, it's because of room. And so, again, incredible programs growing. We're expanding so quickly. I kind of joked in the first service, but who knows? Maybe we have to build another gym be amazing, right? Three gyms, why not? Extra bleachers, we're good. Um, if you are a part of the Hoops Committee, first I want a committee, if you were part of Hoops Committee, would you stand? So Les is the only one here. There was a few in the first service. I just want to publicly, as I did, I just want you to know, the Hoops program, as I said, it has 150 kids. It has a waiting list. If you are here on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, this place is jammed, packed with people. And here's what you need to know. This program is purely volunteer run, and it's run by our committee and the volunteers that they have. We as staff are not involved, and that's an amazing blessing for us. And so I want to publicly recognize all of our committee members and the effort and the work and the time that they put in. And so can you give them a hand? Now, if you are part of the Hoops program in any way, as a coach, whatever you do, can you just stand for a moment? I want to recognize you as well. And so these are coaches, volunteers, they make popcorn, they do all kinds of stuff. And so without them, we can't run this program. And so if you can, please give them a hand. They sacrifice a lot of time. Thank you. Um, here is what I would love to do. If you are a greeter or an usher, please stand. I know some of you are popcorning, I appreciate it. Um, You guys, I just want you to know, when I ask people, I'm, I'm kind of a, sh most of you know I'm a straight shooter, so when people come to our church and I get to talk to them a little bit and I find out, oh, they're here, they're attending, like you've chosen to attend Bethel, a lot of times I straight up ask, so why do you choose Bethel? Like, why do you come to Bethel? And in different orders, there's usually worship and usually how welcoming we are. Now, I respect the fact that many people who are sitting right now are very welcoming, but I want everybody standing to know that as ushers and greeters, you're one of the first faces that people see. And I want you to know the feedback that I get is how wonderful and incredible you welcome people into this building. And there's many people sitting here right now that are a part of Bethel because you smiled and shook their hand and surprisingly the next week remembered their name. So you may be seated. I don't know if anybody's in here that does this. Is there anybody in the room that's part of the parking team? Please stand. I think they all kind of slipped home because they figure you can get out yourself after the service. But I just want you to know, I'm going to recognize them even though they're not here. I hear so much bragging about our parking team. And here's what you need to understand. And you see them all the time. They are outside. Rain, 
or shine or snow or blizzard or hail. It doesn't matter. They're out there. And I still remember Holy Spirit weekend when all of us were trying to get into the building and the parking lot was filling up not only with cars but with snow. And I don't know about you guys, but if we're truthful and honest and you go out there on a Sunday morning before we had people parking, helping you park cars, a lot of us have a hard time seeing yellow lines when we can see them. And when there's no snow, it's still hard. And so they are amazing. And I want you to know, I get emails from people telling me how much they appreciate our parking team. And so there's two folds of this. One, make sure you thank them for when they're out there. And two, if you're looking for a place to plug into at the church, but you're honest with yourself and you kind of say, Chad, I really want to plug in, but I, like, I'm going to hurt a kid. I just have no patience. Junior highs aren't much better and don't even get me near a teenager. Then maybe for you, one of the best places is in the parking lot smiling at people and just helping direct cars. And so if you want to be a part of that, please reach out to the office. We'll get you in touch with Josh Lovell who leads it up and we'll get you involved right away helping because... Here's the thing, when we have parking, automatically the, one of the first things I think of is not only our Sunday mornings, getting people in and getting people out, but we also have our Christmas Eve service. In our Christmas Eve service this year, we had 552 people in our building for both services. And so here's the thing, this year in 2020, we realized we probably have to do three services for Christmas Eve. That's going to be intense on its own, but we do believe that can, people are continuing to come and continuing to grow as we reach out and minister to them with our Christmas Eve service. And so even our Christmas Eve service, we're going to need help with parking, with ushering, and getting people in and out of our building. Now, here's the thing. If you were here, how anybody was here for Christmas Eve? A bunch of people, you got to meet Wilma and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm going to confess, Christmas Eve caught me off guard. Um, and I just want, it's because I've had a lot of people email me or talk to me about Christmas Eve and asking me about the follow-up to the response for salvation because we had probably around 40 people give their hearts to Jesus Christ on Christmas Eve. And so here is the thing. Um, my follow-up, because it threw me off, I wasn't anticipating that large, I'm being honest with you, um, that our follow-up was a lot of prayer. And we realize God can do anything in prayer, and I'm praying the Holy Spirit is a better follow-upper than I am. Um, but we also know, okay, we have to do something. So I just want you to know, if you're like, hey, Chad, a lot of people gave their hearts to the Lord. Did we do something with that? I'll be honest, not really. And it just, it's my fault. They caught me off guard. But what we're working on now is a system to, imply, to implement for Christmas Eve so when they do give their hearts to the Lord, we're quicker to respond. We have something to uh, get into their hands to get back to us so we can make a connection, at least do our part. And so as we continue to grow, uh, we will need help with Christmas Eve because it's incredible what God is doing through Christmas Eve. And I don't know about you, but when I was speaking on Christmas Eve and 40 people gave their hearts to Jesus, I was amazed. I was amazed. It makes... Christmas Eve, just a whole nother level of just excitement. Um, this past Easter, if you were with us, we were over at Northwestern High School. We had just over 400 people with us for Easter service, and we just want you to know we're heading back this Easter, and what it does is we'll have a service at 10 a.m., so if you, if you regularly attend the 9 a.m. service, you get to sleep in a little bit. For all of you that come to the 11, you're going to have to get up just a little bit earlier, and you'll join us over at the high school, and we'll all come together for one service. And it's quite amazing when all of us come together and you realize how big of a family that you're a part of. And so make sure you plan to attend with us over there. Some of the cool things that happened in 2019, we had four baby dedications in 2019. We had 19 baptisms in 2019. I just want you to know, and this is not just... Um, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, it's not just POC, it's cross-church board churches in um, Canada. How many churches, do I have the number up there, Paul, for 35 people who gave their hearts to the Lord? Now, obviously, that doesn't include Christmas Eve. So if you include Christmas Eve, we're at like 75 people that gave their hearts to the Lord. And I need you to know something, because as we sit here and I rhyme off all these numbers, I know I'm flying through it, so you're like, ah, oh, maybe we shouldn't clap. You should be clapping for these numbers, because... What you need to understand is the church in general across Canada, a lot of churches report zero salvations. They report zero baptisms. And so I just want you to know, and that's not me standing up here saying, look at us. This is what God is doing through Bethel. And what you need to understand is it's unique and special. And I never want us to take it for granted. Our average attendance in 2018 was 266 people, and our average attendance in 2019 grew to 333 people. 
And so God is continuing to do incredible, incredible things and all of us just to get to, to go along for the ride. So how are we doing financially? How is the church doing financially? That's usually one of the big questions. And I just want you to know that in 2019, our budget was $627,478. I realize it's a unique number, um, but that's what our budget was. And in 2019, we received $768,272,000. And so I want to clarify this because we're going to get into other numbers. I want you to know as well, received is all the money that's come in. So $50,000 of that was the summer grant money that came in and went straight back out to all the students. And so even if you subtract $50,000 off of that, we still had an incredible year above budget, and God is continuing to do amazing things. Um, one of the great things we did this past year is Giftober. If you've been here since November, you'll have no idea what Giftober was. Uh, Giftober for us is the month of October, and we did this a couple years ago, and then we started it in 2019, and we're going to do it each year. And in 2019, we brought in probably about $3,700 extra above and beyond everything so that we could use it to minister to our city. And so the reason we give extra and do this thing is so if we find out in our community there's a need, I'm not coming back to you every Sunday going, oh, there's a need in the community, will you give? Is there a need in the community, will you give? You're faithful to give, so therefore I, we could just help. And so we've helped Shelter Link in town. We've helped Youth for Christ. We've worked with Simple Dreams and doing joint efforts with people in needs in town. We've also just ourselves directly helped families in our community and in our church in needs. We also helped the city with a couple of events. And I don't know about you, but I love the fact that the mayor of our city knows that if they need something, they can call Bethel Church and we're there to help. It's just fun for me. Amen? This is what we're supposed to do to reach our city. And so even, just so you're aware, like we've helped with, I'm trying to think, we've helped ShelterLink, helped ShelterLink, we've helped people with bills that were just caught them off guard, we've helped them with people with dentures that, didn't, that needed teeth, we've helped people with glasses. I just had somebody this week reach out because they know somebody in the community that needs a new pair of glasses and they just, they have no coverage, they have no uh, financial support, they're not working and they just need something and we're as a church able to help people um, minister through little needs that are going to help them majorly in their life. So God has helped us incredibly financially. Uh, in 2020, I will tell you, we have two major bills coming. All right? I know everybody's like, this was exciting for a moment, Chad. Um, so we need to fix three of our roofs. And we have a lot of roofs. And so we have to fix the roof that's right above you. This sanctuary roof has to get replaced. Uh, we have to replace the front roof out here over the library and the front washrooms. And we have to replace the roof over top of our kids' wing. And so those are three major roofs that have to get done. And we have all the, we have quotes and es estimates coming in for us. And right now the cost will be about between $100,000 and $110,000. And we have all the money. The pause is for dramatic effect. It's just like waiting, watching, seeing everybody's faces like... And so if you remember a couple years ago, somebody passed away and through their estate, they left us a, a, a bunch of money. It's one way we redid our sanctuary. And we also saved, we put a chunk on our mortgage and we saved a chunk of money because we knew this bill was coming. And we also, over the last couple of years, have been able to save more money to make sure that when it came in, we knew that we were going to be around this price point. And so we saved and we're prepared and we're ready to go. So as long as everything with the roofs go well, we don't have to come back to you and everything's looked after. Amen. Um, yes, it's great. I'm, nothing gives me more joy to stand up here and tell you that. Uh, the second thing we need to talk about is our mortgage. Our mortgage comes up for renewal in June. And when we renewed our mortgage in 2018, we renewed for $285,000. If you were brand new with us, if you see all the white brick on the outside of the building, that was added in 20, uh, 2007, and we had a mortgage then, and we've been able to knock it off like crazy. And so in 2018, we renewed at $285,000. And at the end of 2019, so January, we started this year with $194,449. So by the renewal in June, our goal is, uh, was and is to pay this mortgage off. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Over your faithfulness, over the last few years, we have been able to raise $45,500 
that we already have to put on the mortgage. If you count the five months from January to June or the end of May, through our payments, if I take off the interest, we're roughly around $21,000 that we'll add to that. So you're at $66,000 to come off the 194 if everybody's following me. I know I'm chucking numbers real fast. So to keep our goal of not renewing the mortgage, we need to raise $130,000 by June. I'm smiling because I want you to know, even if I'm the only crazy one in the room, I believe we can do it. Okay? I believe we can do it. I have done math. If you know me, I'm a numbers guy. If we pay this off by June, here's what it is. I believe that even if we didn't pay it off by June, we would renew for one year and we'd probably be done in 2021. But if we had to do that, um, we would spend an extra $10,000 just in, in interest. So if we pay it off by June, we're done. We'll save about 10 grand in interest. I don't know about you. I don't like giving $10,000 away. So here is what the math is, all right? Here's the math. For everybody that attends, I'm doing the math from our average attendance of 333 people. I'm subtracting off our average kids' attendance. So if you're trying to figure out all the math, I break it down to roughly everybody needs to give about $50 per week to the mortgage. I know that's a big ask, okay? What that re mathematically represents is basically everybody giving a total of $600 to the mortgage. Now, I understand that some people in the room do the math quick and understand what I'm saying, that that means for Melissa and I, it's $1,200. So here's what I'm asking everybody to do, because I also don't want you to tie my hands. Well, Chad, how would we tie your hands if we paid off the mortgage? This is how. If you gave to the mortgage but didn't give to the regular offering, so what I'm asking for is money above and beyond what you normally give. I know, you can take a deep breath, okay? But here's what I believe. I believe that everybody in the room will do what they can. I understand that that's a lot of money I'm talking about. But here's what I also believe. God's faithful to us. And not, I'm not telling you to stretch yourself and go broke. What I'm telling you to do is pray. Ask God, God, I'm not going to change what I regularly give. I'm going to give my regular tithes to the general offering because that's going to make sure that we have money to do what we normally do. What are you asking me to give above and beyond towards the mortgage so we can pay this sucker off? You can even ask him, you can say, this sucker, it's okay. All right? And I believe he's going to give you a number. For some of you, it will be lower than 50. For some of you, it will be higher than 50. But you're going to give what you can faithfully give and God's going to do the rest. And so I just want to ask you to be faithful. That's all I'm asking, okay? I don't want you to hear pressure. I just believe that we can pay this off. And here's what I also want to promise. When we pay this mortgage off, how many people know when you pay a mortgage off, you burn a mortgage, amen? So I want you to know, I've seen people do it at the front and they burn it and they drop it in a, I'm not doing that. That's not fun for me, okay? We are gonna go outside to the bonfire pit that's over on our lawn. We're gonna have a big fire and we're going to roast some marshmallows, and we're going to roast some hot dogs. We'll do some spider dogs, and maybe we'll even do s'mores. So if you want, just give so you get s'mores, and it'll just be the most expensive s'more you've had. <laughs> but it will taste incredible. All right? So let's pay this thing off. Now, all those numbers done, all of this said, here's what I want you to know. Where I get excited, yes, I love seeing what God is doing. He's blessing us in numbers. He's blessing us in finances. He's doing amazing things. But here's where my heart gets excited. I watch people in our church in my own life transform their lives by the power of the Holy Spirit and what God is doing in your lives. So if we had 10 people sitting in this room and we were talking about trying to keep the lights on but lives were being transformed, I would still be excited but I just see God working and changing things and blessing us. I still remember, and I know some of the staff that were here remember being in offices, praying, God, what's going on? Just, God, show us your favor, blow the roof off the place, and he is doing that. All of the discussions we have right now are the good discussions. Like, how do we get people to fit? How do we grow? Like, how do we make this happen? These are the problems that I want to have every, every week, every year. And so I want to encourage you. Yes, we talk about numbers because we have to, but I want you to know the numbers that I'm excited about is how I see your lives transformed and I see my own life and what God's doing in my own life, in my own marriage, in our lives, in our, in our family, and I see it happening in yours. That's what excites us. And so tonight we're going to talk about this. 
and we're going to have our board, our business meeting here at the church at 5.30, and so I want you to come be a part of that. And afterwards, we are going to have a time to have some snacks, enjoy some food, and then we're going to have a time of prayer and worship where we're going to pray and worship into 2020. We're going to pray and worship over the mortgage and getting it paid off. And I'm also going to take a little bit of time on teaching a little bit for just a few minutes. When I say teaching, don't worry, it's not going to be long, about hearing the voice of God because I believe every one of you can hear the voice of God, and I want you to leave tonight knowing you did. And so that's going to be a part of it. So this year, what is the word I believe for this year? Can you guys all do me a favor? Because you've been so incredible. Can you take a deep breath and let it out? I'm done talking about finances. All right? But I want to tell you my vision for the year. I believe the word of the year for us is the word step. I believe that God is desire for every one of you, including myself, including all the staff, all the leadership, is that every one of us is to take a step this year. Every one of you in this room is not supposed to be the same today as you will be six months from now. And I want you to even encourage yourself to go, this year is the year that I'm going to take a step. This is the year I'm going to do something different because he wants to do something in you. And so how are you going to step this year? We all need to grow in Christ. And whether you stood because you've been here for over six years, whether you could have stood for being over here for over 50 years, whether this is your first time in the room, God wants you to take a step closer to him to grow in your walk with him. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. So you may have a plan. You may have a purpose. You may be like, this is what I'm going to do. But if it is not the path that God has designed, if you're not stepping where he says to step, you're in the wrong path, and it's going to be frustrating. So you need to ask Holy Spirit, I need to be in step. You need to ask the Lord, God, you've given me a plan. We pray this Every Sunday in pre-service prayer, we pray and we talk about, we have a flight plan. You'll see, this piece of paper tells me exactly how the service is supposed to go. And I want you to know, I care about this piece of paper at very little level. We call it a flight plan because it can fly away. All right? So if the spirit moves, we're ready to go. But I believe that you need to have in your life, first off, you do need to plan. If I don't move that, I'm going to slip and fall. If, if you don't have a plan in your life, you're planning to fail. We all know that. But you need to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, tr- teach you, and direct you. And he wants to guide you. It also takes a bold step of faith. You're not going to take a step of faith that's easy. And it's not meant to be easy. Sometimes we're supposed to take a step of faith and we think we're nervous about doing it. But here's the thing. You should be. Why? Well, Proverbs 20, 24 says this, a man's steps are from God. How then can a man understand his ways? See, here's the thing. Your steps are from the Lord. You're not supposed to understand every step. You're supposed to take the first one. And if you take the first one, he will show you the second one. Maybe in time, it might take a little while, but you have to take a step. You have to be moving for him to direct your path. The most dangerous spot you can be in a car is parked. If you were sitting still at a red light and you're not moving, that's the most dangerous spot you can be in. Now stop at red lights, all right? But we understand that if your wheels are moving, you can take off quicker, you can turn, you can go. If you are sitting still, it's the most dangerous spot you can be in. It's the same with God. I will tell you, if you're sitting still with God, most likely you're going to start drifting away. You need to be moving forward. Don't ever put it in neutral or park. Always have it in drive. Don't put it in reverse either. That's really bad. Put it in drive. Move forward with God. Always wanting to move forward with him. And don't worry if you don't understand the steps. And if it seems hard, I don't know about you, I learn through hard times. When it's easy, I'm lazy. In the hard times, that's when I'm like, ooh, God's teaching me something. My quick lesson for you, if you're in a hard time, here's my prayer that I've learned to pray. Lord, what are you teaching me? Because whatever he's teaching me, if I learn it quick, I'm out of it quick. And so ask him, he will show you. So the hard times sometimes are just for us to learn and grow. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is the example 
and you must follow his steps. So as we follow Christ, as we stay in step with him, you may hit hard times, but it's for you to grow and be a stronger Christian on the other side. I think if you've been serving God for a few years, it doesn't even have to be a long time. You know yourself. You are a stronger Christian on the other side of every trial that you've faced. The old little saying, you can't have a testimony without the test. And so if you want the testimony, you're going to go through the test. But on the other side, the testimony will bring victory and help you succeed in life. Job 14, 15 says this. If you would call and I would answer and you would yearn for me your handiwork. Do you understand that God yearns for you? He desires you so deeply. You are his handiwork. He has put you together perfectly so you can do what he has asked you to do. So what is in you, your character? Now, do all of us need to work on our character? Yes. But your character, your personality, God has given you to do what he has uniquely called you to do. You just need to be in step with him. So if you're trying to figure that out a little bit, great series coming up. We're doing our small groups, Finding Your Place. Plug in. Finding Your Place will teach you your gifts, your passions. It will teach you how to serve. It will get you involved quickly. Another thing we have coming up in, at the end of March is History Makers training. We announced it in the um, announcement video. I'm not going to take time to show the video right now because of time, but go online. We have the video. I want you to watch it. Here's what History Makers is doing. They are training you to take your passions and your giftings, and they're going to actually teach you. How many people have been to a Sunday morning service? You've been to a conference. You've been to a weekend thing, and you've been inspired, and you're like, yeah, let's go. Where do I start? Anybody? Okay. This is what History Makers does. It will tell you, not tell you, it will teach you how to put rubber to the road, how to take your giftings, your passions, and actually not only impact your own life, but impact your community, and it will teach you how to start. Yes, it is, starts Thursday, it is Thursday night, all day Friday, Friday night, all day Saturday, Saturday night, and all day Sunday afternoon. But here's what you need to hear. Um, it will shift and change your life. And yes, it is $100, it's $99, but here's what you need to know. It's $99 for us because of our relationship to the ministry. Any other place in the world where he goes and teaches us, it's $200. So we get it for 100 bucks. I want you to hear me, not as your pastor, as a friend who wants to see you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. It is impactful and it will change your life. I would encourage you, yes, that means... Most of us would have to take Friday off of work. We'd have to do these things. I would tell you it's so valuable that you should sign up and be a part of it. Now, um, the other side of it, if you look at the schedule, it shows like it's from, I think it's like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and then there's a break, and it starts at 7 p.m. Many times in church world, when we see a 7 p.m. thing, we're like, oh, I'll just go to the 7 p.m. and enjoy the services. They're not services. It's a training weekend that everything builds on top of each other. So if you showed up for a 7 p.m. session, you would go, I have no idea what he's talking about because you weren't there at the earlier sessions. So this is one where you kind of show up Thursday and you plow all the way through and it's life-changing. And so I encourage you, sign up, be a part of it. Verse 16 of Job 14 says this, for then you would guard my steps instead of watching for my sin. We have in, we've put these things in place, the um, finding your place, the history makers, it's going to flow right together. And the way it's done is so that you will have your giftings and power because I believe that God is going to guard your steps in your life. I think too often we believe that it's the other way around, that he kind of, he's watching for us to sin and he's not guarding our steps. He's guarding your steps. He's not watching for you to mess up. I want you to know that. God is not a God. He's not a father who's sitting there going, they're going to mess up. I'm waiting. That's not him. He loves you. He's waiting patiently, and he wants to guard your steps so you don't. So stay in steps with him. Let him guard you. He wants to love you, and he is waiting for you and me to actually make the decision to step into closer relationship with him. I close with this verse. 1 Corinthians 9 24 to 27. Many of us know it, but we need to apply it to our own lives. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? See, I just want you to know, 
It's even unbiblical to give out participation medals to everybody. <laughs> That's my competitive edge. We're not helping people when everybody gets a participation medal. All right? There is a winner and there's a loser. Some of us lose to Zamboni drivers. Some of us don't. If you don't know what that means, it's a leaf joke. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. See, here's the thing. When we serve Jesus, we don't realize that it takes discipline. It takes training. So we are supposed to discipline ourselves in our training. They, are to, they, are, uh, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose. Every step I take, I hope that every one of you takes a step with purpose this year. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You need to take a step this year into a deeper relationship with the Lord, deeper training with him so that you can impact others and your own life. So when all things are done and said, you win the prize, which is eternal salvation with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just your incredible blessing this year over us, what you have done and how you have moved in our lives and moved in Bethel. Lord, I pray that as we come together tonight to celebrate even more what you've done, that, Lord, we will feel your presence as we worship, as we pray. Lord, I just declare over everyone this year a year of growing with you, that, Lord, we all decide in this moment to take a step. We take a step closer to you, a, close, a closer relationship with you, that, Lord, show us what area we need to take a step. For some of us, it's just spending time with you on a daily basis. For some of us, we need to join a small group. For some of us, we need to volunteer. For some of us, we just need to be closer to you. And so, Father, help us as we step closer to you this year. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.